holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to another Arse Blog Arse Cast, right here on arseblog.oleole.com. Hope you're well. It's been more or less seven days since the last game. Uh, those spells of rest between games are now more or less over. And uh, hopefully we'll stay over till the end of the season. The games are going to come thick and fast, like a retarded sprinter, if that makes any sense. Uh, we've got Champions League action, we've got Premier League action, um, some more Champions League action, more Premier League action, and hopefully it will continue like that towards uh, the end of May, and all being very positive indeed. Anyway, on this week's show, we've got our, our Shavin Sylvester is here, Gilberto Silver from Gunnerblog.com will be along in a few moments' time uh, to talk about uh, what's been going on in general, uh, looking ahead to the Birmingham game, and of course, uh, the Champions League games against um, some Spanish team. I haven't. I don't think I've ever really heard of before, so it shouldn't be any great problem playing them. So, since the last Arsecast, um, things have continued well enough in the Premier League. A 2-0 win over West Ham was not as comfortable as we might have liked. We went 1-0 up fairly early, which was good. Denilson scoring his sixth goal of the season from outside the box. And, um, yeah, sat back on our laurels a little bit. Arsene Wenger said afterwards that they were maybe not quite focused, not quite in the game. Uh, the draw against um, that Spanish team, who I can't remember who they are, uh, had just been made. And obviously, um, playing a Spanish team, even one as lowly as whoever this team is, um, preyed on their minds a little bit. And I think we uh, we got taught a lesson and also maybe got away with the lesson. Maybe there's a lot of learning to be taken from that lesson. Uh, we sat back. We didn't kill the game off. It has been a familiar complaint. And just before half time, Thomas Vermalen was sent off. And a couple of times I've been asked about the, uh, the sending off this week. And it is just very harsh um, to lose a player, not only for the entire second half, uh, as well as having a penalty given against you, uh, as well as having him suspended for the next game for what was the merest touch, the merest coming together between uh, Vermalen and Franco. And Franco's the kind of player, you get the sense that if you looked at him funny, he would fall over if he thought he might get a penalty. So, uh, yeah, I can understand why we appealed. And uh, despite my worries that they might increase it um from various things people have said on the comments and on twitter they can only increase that ban for a frivolous appeal if uh, the initial suspension is for violent conduct i wasn't aware of that and i it may not be 100 percent true that but uh, you can see why the club appealed then uh, if that was the case if there was no danger of an extra game then they were probably quite right to give it an appeal um 
The difference, of course, had Franco been clean through on goal with the ball at his feet and Vermalen had clipped his heels or, you know, kicked him up the hole, uh, then you can say yes, penalty, yes, sending off and a suspension, that's fair enough. You couldn't really argue. Uh, but given the circumstances, it does seem a rather disproportionate punishment. Um, so it could have been very costly. It wasn't, uh, with thanks to Manuel Almunia, who made a fantastic save and a really, really outstanding second half, uh, second half performance uh, from Arsenal. West Ham were in it at the start. Uh, we changed things around a bit, played all the football, as far as I can see, passed the ball around, and you have players who were absolutely outstanding on the day. Diaby, fantastic. Danielson had the best game he's had in a very long time and uh, probably the kind of form that we uh, all hope that we can see from him, uh, even though we haven't seen it very much this season. Alex Song moving into centre-half didn't phase him one bit um, and overall the team played very, very well, kept the ball brilliantly and West Ham, apart from that one shot I think Carlton Cole had, didn't really threaten. Uh, we got the goal that confirmed it, Cesc Fabregas, with his 18th goal of the season. Sit back and think about that for a moment. 18 goals from central midfield, which is absolutely incredible. And when you add on all the assists he's had this season, uh, he really has been outstanding too. And you have to say that the game uh, against West Ham wasn't probably one of his best performances, but, uh, you know, uh, on the season overall, he's just been absolutely brilliant. Um, the other results didn't necessarily go uh, our way. Manchester United beat Liverpool. Liverpool were absolutely terrible. Chelsea dropped some points against Blackburn, but spanked Portsmouth in midweek. But now, there's no games in hand. Everybody's played the same. There's only two points between third and top. And uh, we're right in there. And uh, it'll continue this weekend. So, uh, a fantastic uh, performance. Again, it's one of those performances that um, leads you to believe that perhaps something is going to happen this season. That belief that um, confidence that the team have, they didn't let their heads go down. I mean, the penalty save was so crucial. Uh, you just wonder how, how we might have reacted with 10 men had that gone in. But, um, you know, you've got to give credit at the end of the day with 10 men for the whole second half. It was rather marvellous. Uh, to talk a little bit more about that now and all the other bits and pieces that have gone on, uh, here's uh, Gilberto Silva from GunnerBlog.com. Hello there. Hi there. West Ham uh, on Saturday, a rather good response considering the circumstances. Um, we talk about defining moments in in seasons. Um, you can look at Aaron Ramsey's injury for consolidating the squad, etc. But Manuel Almunia's penalty save just before half time could be one of those moments as well. I think so. Um, you'd also look at the, the Carlton Cole shot went off the post and could have crept into the corner. Uh, but that penalty save itself was was a was a great save. Uh, you know he's had a lot of stick this season, Almunia. But what he's always been is a you know a decent shot stopper with good reflexes. He came a little bit off his line, but he uh, he turned the penalty away, and you could just sense that that gave everybody in the team a big lift. You know there was a lot of Sol Campbell going around slapping people on the back and high fiving, and there was a sense that. We had overcome the worst of it by surviving the penalty. And uh, we went on from there, really. The uh, sending off of Vermaelen, I think there's not much point in going over it because it's harsh. Uh, mm. And I think we all agree on that. Uh, the club appeal, the appeal didn't work. So his ban is upheld. He misses the game this weekend against Birmingham. It leaves the manager, I suppose, in uh, a little bit of a quandary as to what he's going to do uh, defensively. Alex Song moved back. 
uh, on Saturday against West Ham, and I think it's a testament to the season he's had that, you know, it just looked like another easy job for him. You know, he wasn't asked, uh, he could have done it all day long. He was brilliant. Um, But Saul Campbell, obviously being the age he is and having been out of the game a little bit, you worry a bit about the fitness. And I was watching Arsene's press conference uh, today, and he was asked, can Saul Campbell play uh, against... Birmingham at the weekend, and then play against Barcelona at a high level in the Champions League. And initially, I thought the manager might rest him, um, but he says, I'm only thinking of playing Sol in the next game. So it's really a question of who's going to partner him this weekend. Yeah, well, it looks that way, like you say, uh, as we speak. I mean, Song did very, very well at the weekend, and uh, I, I really, you know, we can't underestimate how good a season he's had and how much he has improved. What I would say is the kind of calibre of player he was up against for West Ham. I mean, Mido is probably has similar <laughs> fitness problems to Sol, do you know what I mean? Uh, despite there being about 10 years between them. Similar uh, fitness problems to me, not yeah. to Sol. <laughs> <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're right. And uh, West Ham are a side in real trouble. They're struggling for goals. Carton Cole didn't uh, start. I think for me, he's their best forward. Uh, you know, Franco and Mido are uh, a sort of a comedy duo up there, really. I think that Birmingham, they've got uh, Cameron Jerome and Christian Benitez, who are two very physical, uh, very busy forwards, and I think would prov- provide a much sterner test. I do expect Song to play there. Um, the reason for that is that I, si- I think that Song will probably play in midfield uh, on the on the on the on the against Barcelona, mm. and I think that they wouldn't start Sylvester and Campbell together at the weekend. I just think it's it's too big a risk, and I think that both of those players are susceptible to not being ready for the Barcelona game. You know, in a few days' time, mm. and we couldn't run the risk of losing both of them. I mean, we are down to the bare, bare bones in central defence at the moment. Mm. Uh, William Gallus obviously is uh, out and has been out for quite some time. There's talk about him possibly being back for the for the Wolves game. Arsene has ruled him out of this weekend, certainly ruled him out of the first leg of the Barcelona game. Uh, it says it's too early to tell if he'll be back next weekend. Um, the mystery injury, we don't know. He's been away at a rehab centre in France. What they've been able to do that uh, our medical team haven't been able to do, I don't know. But he was speaking about the contract and said um, he, he wasn't really going to dwell on it because we've got a huge amount of uh, football to play and, and the focus has got to be on the football and not individual contracts, which is absolutely understandable. But he said, I think we're winning the battle. And it's an interesting kind of phrase that isn't it that to keep a player at the club is a battle and he either wants to stay or he doesn't want to stay and for me you know having having uh, the situation having gone on this long I, I don't expect him to sign um your thoughts I agree I mean I think that it's interesting it, it does seem like a standoff because from what we know of Arsene he's he's a, a canny negotiator you know and there are things that he won't bend on he will not break a, a wage structure. Uh, he will not really, unless it's an absolutely exceptional circumstance, override his policy regarding ageing players. Um, I think Gallas is an excellent defender and he's had a really good season. And I think while he's been out, it's maybe easy to forget the contribution that he's made. But for a long time, he and, I mean, this Saturday against Birmingham will be the first time we play a game without either one of Vermaelen or Gallas. Mm. Uh, they've been really critical uh, to getting us to the position that we're in. 
it looks like it's not going to happen. For me, when I see Arsene saying, well, we're not going to start talking about it soon, he'll be saying, we'll talk about it at the end of the season, I suspect. Mm. And then once it's at that point, I mean, I think it's, Gallas can be fielding offers from Italian football from, from January, you know. Yeah. And I suspect that those will be more lucrative offers. And I suspect that, crucially, there'll be longer deals. Uh, I can see him getting a three-year contract at another club. So I think that it, the signs are that he's leaving. It leaves us in a really bare position uh, coming into the summer, whereby, theoretically, you could lose Gallas, you could lose Sylvester, and you could lose Campbell. I mean, that's they're all got deals expiring. There's been no talks with Campbell or Sylvester, as far as I'm aware. Um, and then we're left with Vermaelen, Juru, who's sort of the forgotten man. And beyond that, it's, uh, it's very, very sparse. So partly just for continuity, because I think our defence is improving. I would like to keep Gallas around. Uh, though I agree, for me, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Mm, all right. Uh, let's quickly just touch on the Birmingham game itself, because... They're a tough team to play. Uh, you spoke mm. about the forwards they have. Uh, Alex McLeish has done a, a great job there. And maybe in a way, though, um, I, I think it might be a reasonable time to play them because they went through a tremendous spell earlier in the season and people were talking about them, you know, reaching Europe and all that kind of stuff. As they do, they tend to overplay things when any team goes through a, a decent spell or a bad spell. Yeah. It's, it's overplayed, whether it's good or bad. Um, however, they've only lost two games at home this season. Uh, there is, of course, the baggage of the Eduardo incident the last time we played them there. Um, so it's going to be a it's going to be a tough task. It is going to be tough. I have to say, I'm delighted that uh, it looks like Nicholas Bent is going to be fit because I wouldn't fancy Eduardo starting that game with the psychological effects it might have on him. You know, the trauma of going back to St Andrews and, frankly, his form of late. Uh, Birmingham were a decent team, you know, a sort of top half of the table side, and that's a hell of an achievement, though I agree they've fallen off recently. And some of those players have got, you know, ageing legs, Lee Bowyer, Barry Ferguson, Stephen Carr. These are not young, sprightly players, and it wouldn't surprise me if the effects of a long season were starting to take their toll. We, on the other hand, have one of the fittest teams in the league. You know, uh, you can just look at the stats for us scoring last-minute goals for that. So, and we've got really positive momentum. So we've got no reason to go there without confidence. And I think that there'll be a few players, the likes of Sesk, who will remember what happened uh, at St. Andrews last time we were there and be absolutely desperate to put that right. Hmm. And Eduardo too, I would imagine. Uh, a great place for him, perhaps, you know, to, to relaunch his season if he, if he can get on and do that. Well, that would be a, a brilliant, brilliant story and I would love more than anything for that to happen. Mm. I have to say that looking at Eduardo, I do worry about his long-term viability as an option. I think that he is, he's badly out for me. He's a quality player with real intelligence and uh, some moments of, of brilliance that we've seen from him in an Arsenal shirt. But it, it, for me, he's still got a long way on that road back. And uh, the fact that I'm much happier to have Nicholas Bentner in the team is about more than Bentner's uh, physique. Mm. I think it'll be interesting in the summer because we know Arsene is, uh, you know, he studies the physical stats of players and when they show a decline, he's not he's not slow about uh, moving yeah. them on. So we'll see. But fingers crossed, you know, he's had a troubled season um, and hopefully he can, he can uh, bounce back from that. Now, um, I know we talk about looking at the next game, but we can't leave it without speaking about the Champions League draw. Uh, Barcelona versus Arsenal, one for the purest, two uh, great footballing teams, uh, a massive, massive test for this team. Enormous. Uh, I mean, everybody's talking about Messi, 
uh, though you, you almost forget about the other players they've got. Uh, the likes of Xavi, Iniesta, Dani Alves, uh, even you know Ibrahimovic, even our very own Thierry Henry, who I don't think will start. He's sort of fallen out of favour somewhat uh, in Barcelona, but they are a phenomenal side. Uh, you know, they won the Champions League last year, beating a United side who look, were much more solid than uh, than this season's team, and uh, it will be a hell of a test. But I think it'll be a hell of a game. And I can't help but feel we're in something of a, a, a no-lose position going in. Yeah. Just in terms that nobody expects us to do anything. Right? Well, I, I've not heard one, you know, pundit, uh, and I know that their opinions uh, <laughs> don't necessarily mean that much, but I've not heard anybody fancy Arsenal, really. Yeah. Uh, and I just don't see why we oughtn't do it, you know. I, I don't think that... I, I don't think that Barcelona come up against teams of, of Arsenal's quality that often. Uh, I think in La Liga, Real Madrid uh, and Barcelona absolutely dominate that league from what I can see. Uh, I don't think that there's the same depth of quality. And I think that, that we in La Liga would be, you know, as we are in this country, title contenders. And uh, there's, I think we're going to really test them. I think that there aren't sides who attack with the same fervency, the same directness, the same penetrative qualities that we have. Uh, the question will be: Can we keep things tight at the back? Mm. Well, I think that's a I think that's a question for both teams because the weak area, as far as I can see, in both Barcelona and Arsenal is defensively. Because I was watching um, the, the the game uh, against Zaragoza, and everyone speaks about the Messi hat trick because it was a, a sensational hat trick. Uh, but what they uh, neglect to mention is the fact that Barcelona were undone by two fairly simple balls o- over the top of the defence, uh, which caught them out. And it was it was at three two at one stage. It was three nil and came back to three two. So they are susceptible uh, from that point of view as well, as we well know that we are. But what's interesting as well is I think if you remember the last time that we went and played Barcelona in the new Camp, I think it was the ninety nine two thousand season. That's right. I think. And yeah. I I in the first half. I don't think I've ever seen uh, an Arsenal team, not so much dismantled, but just unable to get the ball. Absolutely unable, because Barcelona just click, 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 one side of the pitch to the other, backwards, forwards, side of it, and we just couldn't get near the ball. Uh, second half was obviously better, and I think it was Suker who scored, a, who scored the goal. But I don't see Barcelona being able to do that to this Arsenal team uh, this time around. As good as they are, I don't see them... Um, having the amount of possession they did that night uh, without Arsenal uh, causing them problems? Well, I hope not. I mean, both teams are infinitely better with the ball than without it. So this game will be decided, this fixture will be decided hugely by retention, I think. Like, if 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 we have the ball... Uh... Danny Pellegrino here with a very merry, iconic podcast here to tell you about AMC Plus with Best Christmas Ever on AMC Plus. Every day feels like Christmas morning from new holiday favorites like Elf and one of my personal favorites, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You can spend the holiday season opening up only the good stuff. Plus, you'll get a stocking stuffed with highly acclaimed AMC series like The Walking Dead and Mad Men, new series like Gangs of London and The Walking Dead World Beyond. And you're also getting your favorite iconic Christmas movies without having to search. AMC Plus is available on all your devices. AMC Plus, only the good stuff. This holiday season, treat yourself. Treat yourself to candy. 
Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. We won't have too many problems, you know, because mm. uh, Barcelona are, are weaker without it and stronger with it. I mean, it's very, very simple, but this will be a game of possession. And then there will be chances. Uh, God, this is uh, the most dull thing ever. I might as well say that uh, the team who scores the most goals will actually win. Yeah. Uh, I what I mean to mean. say is that it, it will be about controlling the game and there will be chances for Arsenal. Uh, if we miss them, we will go out. You know, like mm. being clinical in front of goal will be absolutely crucial. Yeah, all right. I, I would agree with all that. Uh, one man, obviously, that, that uh, the return to Barcelona is Cesc Fabregas. I'm sure there's going to be countless stuff written about him uh, over, the next, uh, over the next few days. I was somewhere this morning and, and one of the guys was saying, well, you know, Fabregas, if he goes to the new Camp and plays really well and Arsenal win... Barcelona are going to go even more mad to get him. And then if, if Arsenal go and lose and Barcelona win the Champions League, Fabregas will be going, you know, I wouldn't mind playing for a team that can actually win things. No, oh, we can't win. I was going, we can't win at all, no. We might as well Maybe just we should, turn up. For some sort of terrible injury that means he can't play for years and years and then Barcelona won't be interested at all. Yeah, I'm touching uh, wood here just in case. Yeah, please do. Because, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, they are going to... Uh, come in from in the summer there's definitely going to be you know shenanigans going on with their presidential elections uh, I read the story linking with Inter Milan today I have to say I don't I don't think he's going anywhere Fabregas uh, no, I mean I, there was a point where I was worried about it but this Arsenal to leave now would be foolish I think on his part you know he's got one maybe two moves in him in his career if he goes to Barcelona you know he might not have another big move I think I've often thought maybe he'll go to another club then Barcelona but this will be a terrible time to leave he's had his best ever season from my perspective in terms of the goals he scored the influence that he's wielding on the league why he's not talked about as a footballer of the year I don't know uh, you know Rooney and Drogba scored a lot of goals but Fabregas's level of performance has certainly matched that you know, I know he had an injury but every time he's played he's looked uh, like a match winner potential match winner uh, even in games where his general game hasn't been as good he can be the difference um, Barcelona will come in. I don't think the time is right for him, and it's certainly not right for us. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, grow too many grey hairs no, over. I'm not, I'm not. Anyway, look, we better uh, wrap this up. But uh, you've got some uh, rather fetching Cesc Fabregas t-shirts uh, on the market now uh, via your website, Gunner Blog. Kindly, you've got one to give away to an Arscast listener. I know there's a question. Let's have it. The question is: What is the name of the uh, youth development system? from which we pinched Cesc Fabregas. So the youth development system at Barcelona, yeah? No, well, that's a, a clue along the way, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. All right, cool. Well, uh, you get your competition entries in. Uh, the uh, email address is competition at arsblog.com. We've got one T-shirt to give away, one more next week on the blog, and i give you the Arscast answer next week. Uh, Gilberto Silva from gunnerblog.com. Thank you very much. Thank you. What a splendid, generous man he is. 
Uh, check out his blog, gunnerblog.com. You can see the Sesk t-shirt on there, and Sesky is about the only word I can use to describe it. It's all t-shirty and face on the t-shirt and writing and colors and cool stuff like that. Uh, so if you fancy that, the question, again, was what is the name of Barcelona's famed youth system from which we pinched Sesk Fabregas? Answers by email, please, to competition at arsblog.com, and I'll uh, pick out the winner uh, for next week's Arscast. Right now, though, Arshavin. Hello, I am Arshavin, and uh, this week I am uh, not so happy because uh, we play game against... Uh, West Ham and the referee send off Vermalen. For me, this is a terrible decision because uh, I have in second half um, got to run a lot because we only have 10 men and uh, I don't like uh, to run. When I run, I have a belly and belly go away. And, uh, I like belly. I call him Boris. Boris the belly. I slap him. <laughs> Sometimes uh, my wife, she draw face on Boris and I run around going, Boris will get you. <laughs> Boris will get you. <laughs> But I think this is how you call uh, too much information. And then in papers say that uh, I say Arsenal need um, new player to win title. And uh, this is lie. I don't say this about uh, Arsenal team, only uh, Arsenal ladies team because... Um, Team has too many vagina and not enough uh, testicles. Football team needs players with uh, testicles. And for this is uh, why new players are needed. But I am uh, grow used to press here in England. I will get Boris after them. Arshavin will return on another Arscast in the very near future. I've got to give some thoughts on this Champions League draw against Barcelona. I remembered who they were when I was talking to uh, Gilberto Silva there. And um, as many of you know, I, I used to live there. I lived there for five years. Uh, I wasn't there for the game in the 99-2000 season. Moved there in 2001 and came back in 2006, uh, the same year as the uh, Champions League final. Uh, but all the time I was there, I was very much hoping uh, that we would draw Barcelona because it would be fantastic uh, to watch Arsenal play Barcelona at any stage, but also in that fantastic stadium and also in a city which was home. So I could just sort of toddle off and go back home and uh, be really drunk and wake up with a hangover in the morning without having to do all the, the traveling stuff, you see. And, of course, it would have been great for Arsenal to play Barcelona at that stage because they were at the, the tail end of the Van Hal era, uh, the all the Dutch players, and then they went through this phase of buying uh, players. I think there was some serious money laundering going on through the club at that stage because they paid, I think it was £20 million for, uh, what's the guy's name? Rochenbach. Remember him? And he ended up at Middlesbrough. And they paid a huge amount of money as well for... Um, 
Giovanni, the guy who ended up at Hull. Again, it was fifteen, twenty million pounds they paid for him, and it was this thing going on in Brazil at the time, where players were getting capped. You know, they're giving two or three caps, and uh, all of a sudden they're international, so they command these ridiculous transfer fees. And Barcelona were at that stage kind of a bit poo. So it would have been much better uh, to play Barcelona then than, uh, for example, in the final in two thousand six. But for some reason, uh, the hot balls or whatever you want to say, it never happened while I was living there. Uh, so when the draw came. I have to go back. I have to go back. I've seen Arsenal at Barcelona uh, twice in my life uh, because I was at the game at Wembley uh, where they won 4-2. I went to see that game and I was at the Champions League final, obviously. So when this game came up, I was thinking to myself, hmm, a return to Barcelona where I know the city very well. I can go and drink beers and eat nice food in the places that I know and the weather will be quite nice and Arsenal Barcelona's quite the experience as it is. But then there's the whole third time lucky thing going on here. That's what I'm thinking. I'm I'm sacrificing. I know I'm sacrificing for the team, for the rest of you, for Arsenal fans. I have to go and see that game. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, Obviously, the first leg at home is going to be crucial. Um, Well, The whole lot of it is going to be crucial, isn't it? Because it's a real test um, of this young team. Uh, We know all about Thierry Henry. We know about Cesc Fabregas. The Henry thing is bizarre, isn't it? Where he says, I don't want to play against Arsenal. I'm looking at the draw and I'm like, I I just don't want to play against Arsenal. It'll be very hard for me to go out there, even though it's at the Emirates and not a high... He's not going to get picked. I wouldn't pick him. If I was a manager, I don't think I'd pick him. The guy says that, you know. If he comes out and says, well, it's going to be very strange for me to play against Arsenal, but, you know, I'm a professional, and I'm going to go out there and give it my best. Yeah, brilliant. Everybody understands you've got a connection, but when you say, I don't want to play against them, I don't want to go out on the pitch against them, that's a little bit odd for me. Um, So I would be surprised if we saw an awful lot of Thierry Henry uh, during the two games. You never know, though. Uh, So it's going to be marvellous fun either way. For the neutrals, well, I don't really care about neutrals. I only care about Arsenal and Arsenal fans. Uh, It's going to be brilliant for us as well because uh, Barcelona are a team that are so good and so confident in their own ability that they won't go out to try and stop us playing. If you look at United, uh, they do that. Chelsea do that. Or they play in a way that really prevents us from uh, from playing our football. Uh, United in particular do that. They try and nullify Fabregas. Uh, Barcelona will go out and play the way they want to play. And uh, that will allow Arsenal to go and play the way we play, which is going to suit us, I think. Um, and it goes back to maybe uh, what Tim was saying last week on the Arscast that uh, it might be uh, might be a good thing for us to play against a team that um, will just go and play football and allow us to play football as well. So you wouldn't be surprised if there was a load of goals in this. As I was saying to Gilberto Silver, uh, the defences are the weak points. Lots of great attacking skill in both teams. Um, yeah, I don't even want to mention that little left-footed guy. No point. But uh, at the same time, uh, as, as uh, cautious as we will be, of him, they're going to look at Fabregas and go, Ooh, he's a bit good. We know he's a bit good. Look at all the goals he scored. And Arshavin, is he a man for the big occasion? Is he just coasting through the smaller games to save himself for big games? I don't know, but uh, it wouldn't surprise you if uh, he was a guy to get on the score sheet at the camp now. Anyway, the whole thing is going to be just marvellous. It's going to be beer and singing and football and Arsenal and Barcelona and brilliant stuff. So I'm uh, very much looking forward to all of that. Uh, we'll look ahead to the Birmingham game right after this. Hello, everyone. 
it's me again, Sylvester! I have to say I'm not very happy. I can't get a game at all. Even when Thomas Vermalen is sent off, I don't get to play and Song is moved into center of defense. I'm so upset, I swear. I'm a man at breaking point. If something doesn't happen, I warn you, as a finger. I will take matters into my own hands. Kidding, I wouldn't do anything like that. Oh, Who knows, over the coming weeks we may need Sylvester's funk, scary and all as it might be, you just never know. So, uh, tomorrow, a game against Birmingham. The only team with Ming in it. And it's quite an appropriate Ming, you would have to say. Our last experience there was not particularly pleasant. We lost Eduardo to that uh, horrific injury. Um, We... Drew a game we should have won against 10 men. We should have won that game all day long. And a lot of people point to that game as uh, the game where we lost the title. I'm not sure that's necessarily true. I think it was more a sequence of games because um, you have to remember that uh, a couple of days, not a couple of days, but a week or two after uh, the Birmingham game, we went to the San Siro and beat Milan 2-0. So that's a team that isn't necessarily uh, completely banjaxed. What happened, though, of course, was uh, we drew with Birmingham, we drew with Aston Villa, we drew with Wigan, and we drew with Middlesbrough. Four draws on the trot. Aston Villa, maybe you can take a draw against, but the other three games are games that you would expect a team that wins the title uh, to win. So you think about those uh, three draws, and that's another six points that we should have had, and that would have made a big, big difference, obviously. Um, As well as that, there were other injuries. There was an injury to Flamini, injury to Bakary Sanya as well, not too long afterwards. And, you know, uh, the, I think the only thing the Birmingham game really taught us was that William Gallus was not a captain. Um, his reaction at the end of the game um, is infamous at this stage. And as good a player as he is, I think that showed us that uh, he's not a captain. Uh, Arsene Wenger has been talking about that a little bit um, uh, in his press conference yesterday. He said, uh, we didn't deal with that particular incident uh, very well uh, at Birmingham. He said, uh, since then, the same thing has happened at Stoke, and we responded in a very strong manner, which is true. The reaction, we've spoken about that before. The reaction couldn't have been more different. He says, I don't think on that particular day we lost the championship. He said, there were much more heavier uh, heavier ingredients, like some players not completely focused. Interesting. We have players who are at the end of their contracts. We did not lose the championship at Birmingham. Um, it didn't help, though, you have to say. didn't help because we had a, a player, for example, and people talk about the injury and the, uh, the, the, uh, the impact that it had on the players and uh, watching your mate with his leg hanging in a, a horrible fashion like that. It has an impact on you, obviously, psychologically and, and all that. But what people sometimes forget is the impact uh, that the injury had uh, to us as a team from a footballing point of view because Eduardo had just begun to look like a player that was getting used to English football. His finishing was absolutely cool. He was uh, in front of goal. He was deadly. If he missed, I think there was one game, 
I think it could have been Burnley. Was it in the FA Cup? And he just started scoring. I think he, you know, he come through and people were going, "Wow, this guy looks like a real player." And he he played against Burnley and missed a fairly uh, routine chance, and everyone went, "Wow." I can't believe he actually missed that, given the way he's been scoring recently. So you think about not only the injury to Eduardo, but perhaps what uh, the injury robbed us of in terms of goals in games. Would we have drawn the subsequent games if Eduardo had been in the team? So it's not just about the psychological impact and how we dealt with the adversity of seeing a player with that injury. I think the the bottom line is that we lost a, a really, really good striker who might have scored his goals which might have won us a title. So we go back to Birmingham uh, tomorrow, and uh, I think there are some ghosts to be laid at rest there. Whether Eduardo plays or not, um, he's obviously got a few demons of his own to deal with at the moment. His form isn't great. Uh, It's not particularly nice to see, but uh, maybe it would be very nice for him to go back and score a goal and uh, vanquish all those demons and and get himself back on track, and I think we'd all like to see that. Uh, So fingers crossed for that. I uh, I won't be around to watch it, unfortunately, unless I can find somewhere in Galway. Um, I'm in Galway this weekend. Uh, Unless I can find somewhere down there, and if anyone's got any recommendations as to a pub which shows the 3 p.m. games on the Hookie satellite, uh, please uh, get in touch. Uh, the arsblog at arsblog.com or you can follow me on twitter arsblog.com or twitter.com forward slash arsblog and let me know if there's a pub in Galway uh, which can do the business. Tom will be here on Sunday uh, with a blog. I'll be blogging tomorrow. Uh, Tom will be here with a blog on Sunday. I'll blog you all next week and of course on next week's Arscast. Until then, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. holiday season treat yourself treat yourself to candy celebrate the holiday season with the holiday crush they've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun packed challenges every week for five whole weeks finishing on january 4th the more challenges you complete the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards so are you ready to crush the holidays play the holiday crush now download it from the app store google play or windows store for free terms and conditions apply